listening to Garbage Show, One Poop's first podcast network. You can attend a live taping of Witch Police Radio for free on October 1st at Torque Brewing. Visit our Facebook page for more information. Alright, uh, welcome to Witch Please Radio. I'm your regular host, Sam, and I'm here with uh, half, I guess, of uh, Soul Hounds. Yes. And I think maybe the best place to start, well, the best place to start is for you guys to introduce yourselves and the instruments you play, but, and then we'll go to the best place to start. So, okay. start over here. Um, I'm Ian Clements. I'm the, uh, the drummer and, I guess, the only original member of this group now. Okay. I'm Andrew. Uh, I play guitar. Fair enough. Okay, and uh, so last time you were on the show was sometime in 2015. So yes. which it seems like a long time ago. I guess it is a long it, time. It ago. does feel like a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, obviously things have changed. I mean, just the lineup itself has changed since then. Yeah. And I'm hoping that people listening to this, you know, have actually heard you since then. But if they haven't, do you want to just give me kind of a quick rundown of what's happened in the time since? Because uh, yeah, and, I mean, it's a lot of changes, right? Yeah, some big changes. Um, so I guess since the last time we spoke with you... Both of you guys were on that show, but yes. there's, there's been some, yeah. So, um, Bonte, Morgan, and I, guitar, bass, and drums, yeah. have been the same. Okay. We've just uh, changed from having two guitars and a, vocalist, a male vocalist to now having a female vocalist. Okay. So like her designated job is to just be the front person of the band and just like... You know, just scream at people live. Cool, uh, and it's super fun. Like, is she playing guitar as well? No. So just um, she does. She did play piano or I guess keyboard. Sorry for the first little bit, but it kind of just got to a point where, like, you know what? Let's just have a lead singer. Okay. Because I feel like when you have to be a lead singer and play an instrument at the same time, you're not doing either one of those things good enough. Right. You know what I mean. Right, because you're split, right? You're yeah. focused on, yeah, two so, things So, like, you have to stand in front of your instrument or be with it, but not be able to let loose, where she's allowed to just run all over stage, cool. do whatever she wants, and it's, it works out great. Um, so, yeah, the biggest thing is, you know, we went from having a male vocalist to a female vocalist, right. and it really, really changed a lot, because, I mean, when we were looking for new members for the band, like, we thought about getting a female, but we couldn't really find anyone and then Elise kind of uh, came to me and asked if she could try out oh cool it was like yeah like, this is exactly what we're looking for like a new direction because it's going to be hard to find somebody to fill somebody else's shoes sure especially when the band how long had the band been around up to that point I mean I know that you've had their lineup changes too before that four right four years I okay think. so it's fairly well established and you had a like, pretty yeah. decent set of songs too right like, yeah we had yeah. just pretty much written an entire album worth of music and we're going to record it but then right. we kind of had to drop it um, which I mean to this day I think we're kind of glad that we did too because like the stuff we write now is totally different and mm-hmm. we all I guess we enjoy it more because we're allowed to kind of like I don't know be ourselves a little bit more with our instruments okay. as opposed to trying too hard to be different okay yeah well, how um, I guess how does that change with the older songs? Because obviously, you know, male and female vocals, you can have a it's a different sound just on the surface, right? Let alone how how both singers kind of approached it. But yeah. also going down to one guitar versus the two guitar thing. I mean, do you still do a lot of the older songs, or are they kind of no. pushed aside for, um, for new material? No, like we don't do any of our old songs. We've actually taken some old songs and made them into two separate songs. Oh, really? Okay, okay. Yeah. Because that was one thing. Um, I mean, even. With the old lineup, Andrew was still new to us, so he never really wrote songs with us before. Okay. Um, we always the hired gun kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'd always wanted them to too, but I think he was still kind of adjusting and trying to right. find out when you know when you're a second guitarist what you're supposed to be doing. Right. For sure. Yeah. Whereas now that he's the main guitarist, he knows what he's supposed to be doing. And when he started writing songs, it kind of just totally changed the the sound we were going towards. And then with the addition of Elise. Yeah. Her songwriting skills are so good from being like a singer-songwriter for so long that she understands song structure better than most of us do. Okay. So between her and Bonte uh, writing songs with us now, uh, it's just totally changed 
the way things sound, which is really fun. Yeah, well, it's like a new band, right? It's like, yeah, but it's yeah. still got the same. I mean, what I guess maybe a good question then would be: what would what was the reason behind keeping the name and keeping the band as, as something known versus starting something from scratch? That's a good question. Um, people ask us that a lot. Um, I find the hardest thing about having a band is finding a good name. Right. And the day that like my brother and I kind of came up with Soulhounds back then was like one of those names we we tried so hard to like find a name, type into Google, and have nothing show yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For and sure. Soulhounds was one of those things. You type into Google, and we're Soulhounds. That's it. Yeah. Nothing else pops up. Which is good. That's what you want. So that was kind of the one factor. It's like we all liked the name. The name suited the music and still does. Right. Um, and Morgan and I, well, I guess the three of us, like, you know, we were still soul hounds. We were just changing a singer. Right, right. So that yeah. kind of is why we kept the name because it's still... The core is still there, right? The like, core yeah. is still there and the meaning behind what we do is still there. And the music is similar but just more, like, refined. Okay. So Yeah, like, it's not... A- a huge departure like it is noticeable that yeah. we have changed like stylistically okay from the EP um but you can definitely there's like a line that you can draw from one era to the next okay that it kind of bleeds into each other yeah okay. yeah Fair absolutely enough. like especially having like you know like <clears throat> riffy guitar riffs like yeah. loud punchy drums and just some super like distorted synth bass like right and that's all carried on from the yeah yeah, those are always big major factors in the soul hound sound that have even now come out more right with the new kind of approach to the band okay how how does that affect you as a guitar player um going from having someone else kind of playing that role in the band to now you're the focus on you as far as guitar goes um it's a lot more fun and uh and freeing okay um because a lot of our older material was more i guess you could say like chordal based um, whereas now there's there's more emphasis on like the riff okay and just like a good like a good part that you could hum to yourself okay sort of thing uh, whether it be a bass line or a guitar riff or, or whatever um, so yeah I think I think being like having our own designated roles now like guitar player singer bass player drummer um, it makes for a little bit more interesting songwriting for us because we're we're allowed to uh, spread our wings individually right. a little bit more but like at the same time we're also uh, honing in on how we can all cohesively sound big with just the three of us right yeah is all it, doing something different is it limiting in any way like is there anything that you could you could do before that you kind of wish you could still do now or are you comfortable with the dynamic as it is I'm pretty comfortable with the change yeah yeah there's there's really nothing that was going on in the past that like I, I want to bring back or is lacking in right. my playing so it's like eh, I'm pretty comfortable with, with where we are now and I I like having the freedom of being the only guitar player yeah, for like, sure. there's, there's no toes to step on right, yeah, right. well especially because you were the new guy before too right like it's yeah. gotta be nice to have, not have that on your yeah oh yeah, totally yeah. now you got a new singer so yeah. you've been replaced with the, yeah, 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 the new, new girl. girl yeah right yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. yeah so um I guess yeah, I mean you mentioned the riffs, and then you've kind of mentioned a few things that, that sort of uh, maybe define the sound more now than, than what it used to be. But where do you think you fit in now? I mean, are you still in the same general territory that you were covering with the, the previous incarnation of the band? Yeah, or? I mean, I think we kind of always had issues describing our music. I think a lot of bands do now too, especially because I mean everyone's hearing so much stuff. Yeah. That it, no matter what kind of style you play, but I mean, you guys were always you had a, a very strong kind of grunge element. Yeah, so right? grunge I mean, grunge is definitely still a factor because um, we kind of all draw from that in some way. Um, so we've described ourselves now as heavy metal grunge. Okay. Um, and the heavy metal is a new element. Is that the thing that wasn't there before? Maybe or it was there, but we never really like <sighs> touched on it. That and, muscle, <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, like. Before, I think Soulhounds tried too hard to do everything, whereas yeah. now we kind of just, we found a sound, we wanted to be loud, in your face, and badass. And right. Those are the three things we think about, like, when we write songs, like, is it badass? Is it groovy? <laughs> and, like, you know, can people dance to this? Right. The way I think about it, in, like, comparison to the old era, is, like, this is Soulhounds 2.0, now <laughs> with less reggae. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, totally. <laughs> or now with no reggae. Right, right. Yeah, we've kind of cut that out of the equation completely. And just gone heavier or what? Yeah, just oh, gone yeah. heavier. Yeah. Like, just really focused on like just making really catchy, groovy 
riffy songs. Right. Yeah. Um, something that like kind of just sticks with you the first time you hear it. And something more like, um, even one thing we've started doing now with the new lineup is really trying to focus on having a good live show. Right, yeah. Because yeah. before we used to just be a band, and I mean, we were young too as a band. You go on stage and you just play your instrument for people. You didn't, you didn't do anything. Right, there's no theatricality yeah. to it, right? So like now, um, and it really helps to have again Elise in the band because she's so theatrical on stage. Like she's jumping around, getting the crowd going. Like right. you know, Morgan and Bonte and even I are just like our head banging is like totally in sync. So like, it's a lot. <laughs> you gotta of fun. practice that. That actually yeah. takes some effort. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Playing shows hurts nowadays. <laughs> you know, like there, our last show we played uh, was at Chadstock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember I had to sit on the grass, like lie on the grass for half an hour before I could even breathe properly. Just after the set? After the set, because oh. like, it just hurt. That's the same it worked, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you did get a good set. But it was totally fun. You know? Yeah, for it sure. It was so much fun. For sure. Um, what you were saying a few minutes ago about the uh, kind of, um, you know, as, as a groove and it's, and it's all those things you described, is that... Is that like maybe a conscious effort to, to make things more palatable to a wider audience? Or is it just kind of the way things went? Because everything you described seems like this is the type of thing that most people are looking for in the music they listen to. They want to be able to dance to it. It has a good groove. You know, it's got catchy riffs, catchy I think, hooks. Like, yeah. I think a lot to do with that. And at the same time, just to be able to get into the music you're playing. Right. Yeah. Like, I think it's just, it's, it's almost like a natural thing for us now to want to be able to write things that... Have a little bit more groove, a little bit more movement to them, right. and a little bit more like tech or toe worthiness, I guess, to it. Okay. And the biggest difference that I find, like especially Soulhounds now versus when I first joined the band, yeah, is that our music sort of reaches across like generations a little bit. In what, more. In what way? Like older or younger? Which way are you skewing? Both ways. Both really. Both yeah. ways. Like there's been older folks that are you know in their 50s or 60s that come up to us and they're like holy shit like guys that was awesome I haven't seen anything like cool. that for 30 years yeah. and you're you're hearing stuff like this and you're going whoa yeah, are you yeah. serious yeah. and then you've also got you know younger people in the the teenage younger 20 range that they they really enjoy what they see right and then there's the whole swath yeah. in between whereas when I first joined the band it seemed like uh, a lot of our music was attracting the attention of like the younger 20-ish kind of party people population right, right you'd still get like some of the older generation in there because it was a little bit dancier but for the most part it was always like that younger yeah. sort of more party going right generation. and that 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 generation no not that generation but that kind of crowd yeah. is a limited window on how long you can be popular yeah. with them because they're gonna yeah. move on to something else well one really cool thing back in spring uh, our tour kickoff we had at the goodwill um yeah, there was these two, this older couple, must have been 60s or 70s, they were both in, like, motorized scooters. Oh, wow. They were right at the front of the stage. How did they find out about you guys? Like, why were they I there? Know, I have no idea. They just kind of, like... I think they were just there. In though, the right? area or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they were in the area, and they kind of heard, so they came, they went in, and him yeah, and his yeah. wife... Um, yeah, they were right up front of the stage. Awesome. They didn't leave the entire set, and then after we were outside... Um, we were having Cuban cigars after that show, <laughs> of course, right. and um, they came up, like the guy just came up in his little scooter parked next to us, and he was just like giving us hugs, he was super, super stoked to be talking awesome. to us, and he was so happy about the music, and it's like, man, that's so cool that you and your wife could like stay out this late, for one, <laughs> two, yeah, with your yeah. scooters, be like pretty much in a mosh pit, and yeah, be totally great. cool with it. Yeah. Like, that was, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's not what you expect. No, <laughs> that's what you expect. No, no, no. You need to no. see the volume, right? Like, I mean, you figure like a lot of people of that age are like, yeah. I'm done. This is yeah. that's cool. That's yeah. Cool. So that was really cool to see something like that. And like, it's funny because a lot of people when they talk about our band in terms of like the sound, a lot of things I've been hearing lately is very '70s rooted. Okay. And I can see that, I guess, like in terms of like you look like Black Sabbath, yeah, totally, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. I, I totally well, super riff that. heavy too, right? The, yeah. All that stuff is is very, very riff based. Exactly. Yeah, and even the, even the grunge stuff that you guys are probably drawing from that stuff's all influenced by the seventies riff stuff, you know. So I mean, yeah. it's kind of filtering through regardless. So yeah. yeah, well, yeah, like I I come from like the whole Caius Fu Manchu kind oh, of. Oh yeah, okay, so, like, for sure, the Stoner yeah. Rock kind of. Yeah yeah, 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 right there, and like a lot of it is just like taking the seventies and amplifying it. Times yeah, 10, so totally. It's, like, Totally. Yeah, that's kind of where everything is drawing from now. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, every, like, 
you you go you go back through rock and everything eventually filters back to that and then filters back to the fifties like. and eventually filters back to blues regardless of what yeah it comes yeah exactly yeah. so which I is mean, all riff based on that too right I mean you get some guy in the thirties with acoustic guitar it's a riff like it's not heavy but it's a, you, it's a riff yeah. you can yeah. make it heavy pretty easily by yeah. static a few steps right yeah, 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 yeah exactly, yeah, exactly yeah, maybe yeah, down the road yeah. we'll put out a roots album yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Do you think there's kind of a resurgence in that happening locally? Because I see a lot of bands that aren't necessarily grunge bands, but are they're, they're taking elements of that and putting in their sound. I mean, like Silence Kit would be a good example. Uh, yeah, Tusk would be a really good example yeah. as well. I mean, they're, they're, they're heavier, yeah. but they're more, you know, they're definitely 90s kind of thing. No, yeah. Both those bands are good friends with us. Like, we, we love both of them. Like, yeah, they're really good bands, yeah. It's nice to have bands like that back. And I think that's kind of a thing going on right now. Like, I think grunge is kind of starting to be, you know... 
the new thing that people are kind of wanting because it's it's kind of vintage now, which is which weird. Which is weird. It's really you know, weird. It really is yeah. weird, yeah. but yeah. it's cool. Is it one of those cyclical things, you think, where it, like, think so. sort of comes around after a certain number it, of years? It seems like like 20 years after the fact yeah, when right, something right. gets popular again. Like right. You had the explosion... Or the, the re-explosion of the 80s, I guess. For sure. All that dance um, pop stuff and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's also that happening again today. Like, you've yeah. got all the, the synth stuff that's happening. And a lot of it is just rooted in, like, that For sure. 80s For sure. seeped. So we're sort of creeping into the early 90s now? Is yeah. that what's going yeah. on? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. Look at fashion, though. Like, you go to, like, H&M oh, yeah, yeah. or, like, Urban Outfitters, yeah. and all the kids are wearing torn, like, acid wash yeah. jeans and, yeah. like, flannel shirts. Yeah. It's back. <laughs> Which yeah. is awesome for those of us who never really stopped wearing ripped jeans and flannel. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's kind of nice. Briefly cool, briefly cool again for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, do you think that there's a? I mean, is there a scene for that now? I mean, all, oh, all totally. the bands we I mentioned, like, I mean, they're obviously there's, there's a connection for sure, right? Like, yeah. No, there's definitely a scene growing, and I'm happy about that because, yeah. like, after a while, it becomes hard to put on shows with bands that are similar in genre to you. I mean, you can put on a show with, like, a whole bunch of different bands and genres in the bill, but, yeah. like, it's nice to just put on a kick-ass, like, rock show, and as of, like, a couple of years ago, it was hard to do that because there wasn't much, like, grunge rock or yeah. metal bands, you know? Like it's, yeah, for sure. So it's kind of nice that people are kind of starting to get back into that, and, you know, in a couple of years, like, it's going to be a great scene. Yeah, because yeah. it wants to start creeping into 92, 93, 94, yeah, and yeah for sure. Well, I, I think what a lot of it is is, like, the the kids that were like huge into the grunge scene back when it was still like the grunge scene yeah. now they're older they're having kids yep. and like they're raising their kids on what they listened to yep. when they were I'm younger. Raise my hand right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so now it's like yeah, the whole cycle is just going over again. For sure. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know how old you guys are, but I've interviewed both of the bands we mentioned and a lot of other ones that you know are kind of the same same sort of scene. And it seems like a lot of them are people who are almost too young to have been through that the first time yeah. or are, we're just coming in on the tail end of it yeah, and yeah. it's like they almost because of that it's more of an influence than it is to people who were there the first time if you know what I mean yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. like this thing that they kind of they just, they just missed and didn't get to actually there's like this mystique attached yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah yeah well see like we're we're all in our late thir- uh, late 20s early 30s okay yeah, yeah. So, so you would have been right right at the cusp when we were teenagers and kids like that was that was what was on much music and right. that was what was popular like you'd turn on much music and Alice in Chains or Nirvana would be totally. the popular song totally yeah. Uh, way different thing now. Like, uh, you know, turn much music on. I don't even think they play music anymore. I have never watched the music video. Videos. I can clearly remember is "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Yeah, yeah. that's a great video too. Oh, yeah. Actually, the the very first band that got me into heavy music, I was nine years old. I only ever saw like the middle section of the song, but it was Slipknot "Wait and Bleed." Okay. And for two years, I was looking for that song for the longest time. Then one day, I was did you like, know what it was? Like, did you know who was buying everything, or was it just? I had no idea who was buying. I had no idea what song it was. I, yeah. I couldn't find it for two years. And then I was at a friend's house, and his older brother was playing this song. And I was okay. like, I remember this video from like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Looking yeah. for this. Yeah. And that just opened up a whole world. Yeah, it's cool. And now you could just probably get some kind of app that would find it for you. In yeah, yeah. You just or, like yeah, hold your yeah. phone up, and it would just detect. Yeah, it. yeah you would just <laughs> yeah. download the entire yeah. discography. Right? Oh, I'm stuck still doing things the old way. Oh, me too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Type in like descriptions of the video into Google. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I mean, I'm, I'm in my mid 30s, so like when I was in junior high was when you know like 94, 95 ish or so, right? So that was when I first started getting into music. Yeah. And those a lot of those bands like Nirvana, Soundgarden, Mud Honey, all those bands like are huge to me still, and I. I, I, I I listen to very different kinds of music in general yeah. these days, but I mean, a lot of those tapes I still have on tape too, and they, they, I would rank them among my favorite albums by anybody ever. I think it's like yeah. one of those things that you, when you grow up, and I'm assuming that that Slipknot song kind of is the same thing, you get stuck in your head. Oh, I was playing and last you, week. Right, yeah, exactly, right? It's, yeah, it, it, the things you, you liked when you were first starting to get really into music tend to stick with you, yeah. and I think that's maybe what's happening is that people kind of came in right at the end of that grunge thing, yeah. and something stuck in their head from that era, and it's yeah. like, I can't. Well, After it's, it's all so good. Hey, where is I mean, it? What is it? And it like, comes out. Like in my early twenties, I kind of got away from metal and kind of got more into like your folk and singer song, yeah, yeah. indie stuff or whatever. And it was yeah. cool. And there's a lot of bands I respect in that. But at the end of the day, like I like making pissed off music. Yeah, and I think we all kind of do because like, what's well, a, <laughs> a lot of fun? It's a lot of fun. You know, it's a yeah. lot of fun to like get pissed off and do things. I mean, like at the end of the day, I don't think any one of us are generally pissed off all day every day right but there's 
in life, there's things that make you pissed off, and it's nice to instead of bitching about it, just write a song about it, right? Yeah. And have fun playing, or even just play it. Because I mean, I haven't played in a band for probably ten years now, but I was in a fairly heavy band then, and it's like yeah, it's like a release, right? No matter yeah. what stress you got, you can just like yeah, kind of scream into a microphone, and, and especially me as a drummer, I can just beat the shit for sure, drums for sure, yeah, to beat yeah. up a person because you can't do that, right? It's not socially <laughs> acceptable, but drums, you can't yeah. do that, but yeah. you can do that on a drum kit for sure, yeah. for sure. So are there, um, I mean, I know we kind of touched on a few things here, uh, like sound-wise, but are there bands that you guys, in your current incarnation, sort of, you see as an influence collectively? I mean, is there someone that, that the group of you sees like, hey, this is something we, we want to aspire to, or we want to... Yeah, I think, like, as a group, definitely there's a lot of dead weather. Okay. Um, clutch. Oh, yeah, Clutch, cool. Yeah, Clutch. Yeah. Death from Above. Okay. Queens of the Stone Age. Um, so that's all fairly riff. Anything stuff with too. Josh Hom, like you know, then yeah. Vultures, uh, Caius. Um, I think stuff like that we all draw heavily towards. Like, I kind of think when we first got together, like the first jam we had with Elise, both Bonnie and Elise were like, "This sounds a lot like Dead Weather," and I was like, "Who is that?" Right. And I remember that night, like putting that album on, like one of their albums. Um, can't remember the, the title of it, but I was blown away. Like, yeah. Like, why have I never heard this before? This is so good. Well, it's a side project, right? It's yeah, like, yeah, so like, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably Jack White's on drums. Um, the singer from The Kills is in there. Right, right. Um, the Dean, bass. Uh, yeah, Dean from Queens. Queens, and the bass player from the Rackon Tours, and I think even City and Color. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. But, our, yeah, when we first kind of, when I first heard that group, like, Bonte and Elise knew them for a while, but it was like. Let's try and do something like this, but, like, heavier. Right, right. Because they're heavy, but they have a lot of, like, soft, slow stuff to them, too. Yeah. Whereas, like, it was just kind of, like, let's make this fast-paced and, and heavy. Well, if, uh, that's, I mean, mentioning mentioning the Queens of the Stone Age and stuff, too, I mean, that guy, like, all through all of his projects, Josh Homme, like, he seems to be very good at doing something that's very not mainstream, but making it appeal to a really wide audience of people. I mean, like, yeah. you know... It, and he's also good at like staying within the realms of like that project. Yeah, sure. At sure. least sound wise. And then the other ones completely separate, right? It's like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we all like Queens, like Queens of the Stone Age or anything Josh Hom does. I think like that's number one for everybody in the band okay. because like we all have so much respect for him and what he's done, and anybody in that band, for yeah. example, because they're all such like talented musicians. And like even their new album, for example, like it took me six times to listen to it. The one that just came out, yeah, but it's so it. amazing. I haven't heard it yet. I've heard a lot of good things about it. But it's so different compared to their old stuff, but like it's so well, well done. Cool. And uh, are you? Have you recorded anything with the current lineup yet? Is that does that happen or is that? Yeah. Like, so um, that was kind of why we took this summer off from playing shows because we were. We recorded back in February at Private Ear okay. with uh, Sean Dealey. Okay. Um, so we recorded five songs with him. Then when we went on tour during spring break, um, we had a second producer that we flew in from Calgary as well. Okay. Okay. So we had Sean Dealey and we had Krill working with us. Um, and Krill, Elise worked with him in her old band, Go For The Eyes, out in Calgary. Okay. Um, so she felt comfortable working with him for vocals mainly, so we brought him in too, and he had a lot of great ideas as well. So when we went on tour, he asked us, he's like, hey, like, do you guys have a new song that you guys might want to just try out in my studio? Yeah. Um, so after our Calgary show, we woke up in the morning, went to a studio, set up, recorded the song we wrote that week. Okay. And that pretty much became the single we're going to be releasing. Cool. cool. Which is funny because like, it just kind of came out of nowhere right? and it sounded great. And then we have one other song that we did um, at Private Ear that we're going to be releasing. So we have a 7-inch that's planned to be released mid-March. Oh, right on. And we just finished working with um, these guys out in Sweden. Um, there's a band called Truck Fighters. Okay. Uh, they have their own label and they do their own like studio stuff too so they do their own mixing and mastering okay so I reached out to them at the beginning of summer and they have been working on mixing and mastering our songs oh, pretty cool. much all summer and just just finished them so we were all pretty happy about that because uh, those guys like if you've ever listened to Truck Fighters if you haven't go home and listen to them yeah. because they're so good but they're they're really good at making fuzzy bass big loud drums and heavy guitars stand out 
Which is what you kind of want. Which is what you have. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was funny. Like, I didn't think they'd ever respond to my email. And, like, within a couple of days, they came back to us and were just like, yeah, we love the work on these songs. Cool. And they turned out better than I think any one of us thought they could have. So yeah. we're pretty, pretty stoked about it. Yeah, like they, they totally get one hundred percent what we're trying to what we're trying to do with our sound without even asking us. Yeah, like we didn't really have to give them much input, and they just nailed it. Awesome. Um, but we kind of just decided to release a seven inch, uh, just an A and a B side, because I feel like we still have a lot of growing to do as a band. Okay. So in order to write a full album, I think we still need to write more music together to make that album like good. Right, not rush into it after the yeah. lineup change. I mean, like, we have enough songs to technically record an album, but, like, I don't think it would sound good with all those songs together. Like, it would just kind of be like this weird album where, like, everything is kind of just, like, put there. Right, you want a cohesive, actual, yeah. Sort of yeah. uniform kind of, yeah, yeah. And I think, especially over this summer, the more and more new songs we write, the more and more I think we're starting to realize exactly, like, the direction we're going in. Okay. Whereas, like, when we first met, it was just like, we got to start writing new material and figure this out whereas now it's not so rushed and it's more of just like um, it's more of a natural kind of process we have now okay so I think we might wait a little while before we're doing a full length album and the 7 inch story did you say there was a date for when that's coming out or is that still sort of yeah mid-march mid-march yeah okay First thing you guys have released on vinyl, right? Yes. So I'm, I'm super excited because yeah. you know it's a life goal to get something on vinyl. I think it is for a lot of bands. Yes. Yeah. So, like, yeah. so you, yeah. you've made you know you've made yeah. it when right? Like, like you, I don't care if I go anywhere. Just yeah. The fact of having my music on vinyl, knowing it'll sure. last for pretty much ever. For sure. That's the main thing. And are, are you self-releasing that, or is it coming out through a label? Um, I think we're going to be self-releasing this one, um, just because I feel like most labels don't really want to release anything with you until you have a couple of releases sure makes sense um, yeah. well that that also it's a it's a cost factor thing too I think most labels would would rather put out a 12 inch with an yeah. A side and a B side sure. worth of material rather than a 7 inch because it costs it's an money. investment yeah, regardless it costs yeah. the same amount yeah. so yeah. like we're like this is kind of like more of a personal thing for us because like we want to have a vinyl we don't want to release too much music right now because we're still kind of working on it yeah um, but we want to give people something to listen to 
And at the same time, we plan on having artwork done for like both sides of the album too. Cool. From our previous um, artist who did our EP. Right, which is really cool. That was yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of wanted to stick with her too because we want to have like, we want to keep the visuals kind of the same throughout our albums. Sure. Um, just because that's kind of part of the whole like grunge and metal scene back in the 90s. Definitely. Right? People absolutely. used to have specific artists do their albums for them and it's always that way so, I miss that I, I don't we probably came up last time I talked to you but it was so yeah. long ago I remember but um yeah. like Charles Peterson's photography on the old sub pop releases yeah like all of those early sub pop from like 87, 88 whatever they all even eight back 85 they have the same look because yeah. this is a black and white photography by the same guy yep. and you don't have to even know what who the band is but it's like oh this is going to be good because it's yeah. and I don't think that's the thing so much anymore no so, that's kind of what we want to like I don't want to say bring it back because we're yeah. not going to be the first people doing it no but, but I just want to get I want to do stuff like that because I think it's so easy to like I shouldn't say easy but everybody's kind of going more along the digital ways nowadays and yep. like I want to bring back like the artist approach to everything which having Coral do our artwork for us would be really cool because I remember going to like HMV when I was a kid and you know we all went and bought albums based off of the covers. Yeah, but you buy an album blind. No idea. That's, yep. that's how I discovered Clutch Band. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was I was a young young guy, thirteen years old, walking into HMV and I see Blast Tyrant sitting sorry sitting on the shelf, <laughs> and I had never heard of Clutch before and never seen this cover in my life and. For some reason, like that cover just stood out and was right. like, "You need to take me home. Yep. You need to listen to me." Yeah, and like, yeah, I, I put it on, and uh, it was the Blast Tyrant record, and it's just like, "Oh my god, what what have I been missing out right, on?" Right, right. And you're like a 13 year old hearing that, and you're like, oh. "But that's almost one of the. I mean, that's not a bad thing. Obviously, there's so many good things about the internet and the discoverability of bands, but it's almost. I almost regret that that exists where you can go to a store now, see an album, and just punch it in your phone and listen to it first. Yeah. Because yeah. that doesn't exist anymore. People aren't yeah, doing that no, anymore. Exactly. And people are almost missing out on stuff because they can so easily get stuck into a pocket pocket of things they already know. Yeah. Like, you know, if you, because you have access to so much music now, you go to a record store, you're not necessarily going to dig and find something. You're going to just go, oh, I want this album by this guy. If you even go to the record store at all. Yeah, you just go to the front counter, oh, do you have this? Yeah, can you order this for me? Versus even looking for it. Right, right. And the best thing about record shopping for me still is digging. I like to go in... I almost even like it when there's something I'm looking for and it's not there and then I find something else. Yeah. And a lot of it's like that. It's like, okay, I, uh, the cover looks cool or I recognize one guy in the credits and I like his other work so this is going to be cool and it's like, it doesn't, yeah. it, it's weird to me that that doesn't exist anymore and I realize I'm a dinosaur because I don't do, <laughs> I don't do Spotify or this stuff. I still listen to tapes and CDs and records because I never got rid of them. I don't have MP3s but like, I don't know. I, I, I think people are missing out a little bit by not yeah. doing what you just ex- described. You know? yeah, I mean, like, I don't even have a TV in my house. Like that, that's my TV station. Right my on. Final it's got records on the yeah. like, that's, that's life to me. Because um, I find, you know, you can sit in front of the TV and, like, after half an hour, like, you get kind of pissed off at yourself and you can't find <laughs> anything to watch. Yeah, you know there's mean? nothing, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, here I can throw an album on and you just kind of get taken away to another world. And you can do other things while you're doing it, too, right? Exactly, yeah. 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 You, you know? Can, yeah, like, yeah. put an album on, clean the house, or, like, cook supper or something, yeah. that's great. But do you think that's maybe part of the whole, like, re-establishment uh, of the whole grunge thing? That, like, people are now, a lot of younger people are, are like that. They don't have... You know, maybe maybe they have a TV, but they don't have. Uh, they have a big physical record collection, or they have tape, tapes are coming back, right? Yeah, yeah. All these things that like were kind of written off as no one cares about this anymore. Yeah. Vinyl is a huge example. Well, I mean, CDs, man. Yeah, I, I love hate, CDs. I actually hate CDs. I love them. I got I got fifteen hundred or more of them. I got massive collection. And the reason why I hate CDs is because I feel like people don't treat them properly. They don't. And they they don't. become scra- like unless they're the, your your own CDs and you're the only person who touches yeah. them. CDs suck it's, because. Anytime you put them inside of your vehicle, your vehicle has that little thin like brush strip, and every time you put your CD in there, all those dust particles in that brush strip That's true. scratch your CD. Yeah. And that was the issue we had with our old EP, like kind of always getting uh, complaints that like, oh, like, I need to buy a new CD because the other one scratched right. because like I just played it too much or dropped it too many times. Whereas like with a vinyl, you know, people who buy vinyl they're gonna brush that. They're thing gonna take time, care. They're yeah. gonna take care of it. It's gonna last. Well, a counterpoint yeah. to that is, uh, as someone who likes CDs, and the reason I like CDs is because I never, I never stopped listening to them. Yeah. I never replaced my CD collection, so right. I still have a lot of the, my favorite music is on CD. A lot of it's on record and tape too, but yes. I just have all these CDs, so I'm not gonna rebuy all this music, right? Exactly. So, but the good thing with CDs right now, anyway, is that, like back in the '90s when records sort of went out of fashion, you go to a thrift store and buy 
amazing tapes for like 50 cents each. For, yeah. Right? yeah. Now that's CDs. Now CDs you can go to any, even record stores sometimes you can get CDs for a buck yeah. that are like amazing and at the time they would have been like 25 bucks on import or something. Yeah, no, and now it's like two bucks. So as someone who still listens to CDs it's, it's fantastic because I can just keep buying all these awesome CDs that yeah. I could never afford for super cheap because people are just throwing them away. Yeah. But there's the danger of getting them scratched for sure. Yeah, or like, even just I, the jewel case is breaking. Yeah, I'm a I got, total yeah. victim of like the scratch thing because I've got a, I've got a, my own collection like so many of my CDs now are scratched, and not even just through misuse, but just through repeated use. Right? Re- yeah, repetitively, always using them in different players and yeah, yeah. whatnot, different conditions. So yep. they accumulate dust and scratches and stuff. And so I'm at this this weird point where I'm like moving away from that physical medium yeah. and like replacing it with all digital. But that the, at the same time, I'm like, man, digital is way too easy and I don't have the physical thing in my hands. You can't so. look at it. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. now I'm just starting to replace everything with vinyl. And it's like, I feel again, going back to what you're talking about with, with the youth these days yeah. and like how vinyl is making it's resurgence cool, yeah. with, with younger people. I think what it is, is almost a response to like this highly like technocratic, uh, crazy, um, super consumptive yeah. culture that we have for sure. And that it's very, very easy to get what you want, and you can you can gratify yourself very, very easily. Definitely. Whereas with physical mediums and older mediums like vinyl, there's not so much work, but there's a little bit more interaction, and it's a little bit more hands-on. And you're fun. more involved personally, right? Yeah, you're more yeah, involved yeah. personally, and like. You have to actually take the time to carefully take the record out of the package, put it on yeah. the needle carefully, brush it off before every use, yeah. align the needle yeah. up, and you know, do take the whole process to do it carefully. And like, it's just, it's such a more rewarding experience. And you also tend to listen to albums front to back more often as well, yeah. because you're not sitting around flipping songs. Yeah, because like, how hard is it to like line the needle up? It's like, I'm gonna listen. It's to not worth it, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh shit, no, okay, I gotta move it over again. Yeah, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, but and that's kind of our approach too with the seven inch that we're releasing, um, because you know I like when you buy a vinyl and you open it up, you got your lyrics in there, you whip them out, it's this big yeah. poster. Flip it around. There's the artwork you can hang it up on your wall, and you can actually see it the size it was meant to be, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And it's just really cool to kind of see visuals like that. Whereas, like, you know, we could do a CD again, and you just open up a sleeve, yeah, pop a CD, in, and there's really nothing there to show anybody other than just a CD. Yeah. So we wanted to kind of just like put a little bit more effort into it, even though like realistically, a lot of people might not appreciate it. But I think at the end of the day, we're just doing it for ourselves more than anything. Which I think is kind of what you're supposed to do. Yeah, know? I think, I think yeah. To, to a point, yeah, for sure. You want to be doing something that, that actually you, you would buy, right? Yeah, As a listener, you're kind right? of like yeah. proud of and like that you would kind of respect. For and sure. I think if you feel that way, there's definitely a crowd of people out there somewhere who do. Definitely, yeah. You know, and you just kind of find those people. For sure. So you have a, a show coming up in a few days. What yeah. can you uh, tell me about that? Um, so our next show is going to be this Friday, September 22nd at the Goodwill. Okay. Um, we have Lone Wolf opening up, and we have uh, the Bloodshots um, playing second. Right on. So, I had them on the show pretty recently. They're good, good guys. Yeah, I haven't met them yet, but I'm super stoked because I saw them open for Danko Jones. Yeah, they're saying they're opening for like CKY and like Buck Cherry. Yeah, and they're stuff, they're getting so big shows for sure. They're getting some pretty decent yeah. gigs, and they seem like some really cool guys. Yeah, they're cool guys. Yeah. yeah. And the guys in Lone Wolf too, like they're all well, they're all veterans of so many bands, right? Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Those guys have been in the scene longer than anybody has. Like they're all in so many bands, and yeah. they've toured like you know constantly constantly so they're and they're all super nice guys too so cool uh, it's nice to have them play with us as well and we have a few kind of surprises we're gonna pop out at the show that we can't really tell anybody right now but it's gonna be a I hope it's gonna be a good show and that's the first one you've done in a while at this point yeah it'll be our first show in three months cool which is the the kind of the longest we've been since we've had to like rebrand the band um, which I think is kind of more of our approach going in the future is to play a lot less but make those shows impactful. Right. Like yeah. the kind of really, so quality versus quantity sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind exactly. of like really put work into putting on a good show as opposed to just putting on shows. Like, right. Because um, I mean, you got to think of like playing a live show a lot like a th- like a theater show. Like, you got to give somebody the people something to watch. Yeah. And not just listen to. So that's kind of something we've been thinking about more and more every time we try and play shows like how can we like make this memorable for the people coming right. to watch it 
And that makes more of a draw for the next time you play a show too, right? I mean, if it's yeah. infrequent and then and, and a big deal, like then it's yeah, you're gonna people are gonna be waiting for the. Because we one. started experimenting with like um, trying to play out songs into other songs and kind of extend okay. your outros and flow them into your intros and make these nice kind of like trippy jams okay. to kind of like fill space as opposed to just playing stopping. Okay, we're gonna switch songs and do this one. Right, so right. Kind of. Make your set kind of flow a little bit better that way. So we just kind of started experimenting with that and want to do more of that in the future. Yeah. So this show will have a little bit of that, which is cool. be really cool. It's also kind of giving us opportunities to, I guess, dare I say, like socially engineer the crowd, <laughs> shall we say, <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. to go to places where we would like to sort of steer them okay. to go and also uh, just to kind of steer the show um in our way so that we can make the show more memorable for everyone. Right. Yeah. And even just like kind of being uncomfortable a little bit. Yeah. Because I mean, we have a structure to like some of these things we do that aren't necessarily songs. Okay. But they can pretty much go anywhere at any point. Do you mean uncomfortable from the audience's point of view or from your point of view? From our point of view. Okay. Like we're kind of like yeah. vulnerable. Like challenging you almost? Yeah. To, like yeah. We're kind of yeah. like vulnerable in a sense that like we, we know what we're doing, but we really don't at the same time. Right. So like it could, it could go one of two ways. It could go really good or it could go really bad. It could be a disaster. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, but that's the fun part about it, too. Cause, I mean, you know, when people see live shows, they want to see, like, a person playing their instrument. And what that is, is, like, you're eventually going to drop a note or something. Yeah, of course. Every day, yeah, matter who we're, yeah, yeah. we're human. That's just yeah. the way it works. Because, I mean, in the studio, you go to the studio and, like, to get that perfect song, like... Man, you, you take a while just doing that. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But you could also just like record that one note into Pro Tools and drop it right on the grid. You, right, you could like, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have it yeah. right there. Yeah. But so another problem with technology, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think these these shows are going to be fun because, um, like, yeah, people are familiar with the songs that we've been playing over the course of you know the last year or two now. Yeah. Um, but now, because we're so comfortable with the songs, we're able. I guess to let our hair down, so to speak. Sure. Um, so yeah, uh, it's it's one thing that I've always loved too. Like when you go see a band, you you don't want them to see, you don't want them to do the exact same thing that they did on the record. Right. You want to see some variance, excitement. You know, right, challenge exactly, yeah. your your perception a little bit. So and you don't want to see the same thing every show you see them at either, right? Exactly. You want to see a change from if you like the band, you go see them three times. If it's the same set, what's the point, right? Same, is, exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is kind of one thing like uh, I got from a good friend of mine, Mike Ehrenberg. Like he's been on the show too, actually. Watching him over the last year with his new band, um, going to their shows is so electric; it's unreal. Yeah. Like when they start having their like improvised jams. Between I saw a video songs. of one of those recently, and it was ridiculous. Like it was so yeah. good. Be at the show, man. It's crazy. I bet, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, um, it just blows my mind the way that they play together and like they'll just jam out on one song and then they'll jump into the chorus of the yeah. song they played like two songs prior to it. That's cool, yeah. And then go back to something different. And watching them do that, it's just, all cohesive though. Like they're all they're all like locked yeah, in, right? Yeah, it all makes sense and it all works out. But it just takes you on such a ride. And when you're like there in the moment, man, yeah. like nothing beats that and like watching that as an audience member I go home thinking like man like how can my band do that yes. well that's almost like I mean not, not, not that they fit genre wise at all into that but it's almost like a jazz thing yeah. you can have extended extended soloing going on then suddenly everyone just, just locks in step and clicks into something else yeah. and you don't yeah. like it makes no sense that's what, that's what I like about jazz I, I mean as someone who listens to jazz kind of casually that's what I like about it. I like hearing something in 20 minutes has gone by and then suddenly at minute 21 everyone comes together for like two seconds and then it goes apart again. And yeah, like, yeah. The idea that they did that probably live probably in a room like off the floor it blows my mind. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. And yeah, seeing other music bands doing that too is it's cool. It's just like yeah. it's like a really really disciplined but also comes across as really loose and, yeah. and improvised. So yeah. Yeah. That's like, what like draws me to, to clutch so much and like, okay. why, why I rip off them so much is because they they do a lot of that live where like they'll just start going off on a jam and like they'll meander and go through it and then yeah. all of a sudden they'll just start playing a different song completely and, and the timing is dead on right the like, timing yeah, is yeah. dead on and yeah. it just fits and it works and you're like damn that's awesome yeah, yeah. well that was like this summer uh, Morgan and I we went down to uh, Montebello Rock Fest yeah and I know like Alexis on Fire is a like one of my favorite bands and I got to see them for the first time ever this summer oh cool 
Um, and they did that. Like, they hardly had any downtime between their songs. And, like, you know, they would finish a song and their drummer's playing a drum beat that kind of leads into the next song. Okay. And they jam on it for a bit or they riff on it. And just watching a band do that, like, it's just, as an audience member, such a nice thing to experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we want to eventually get more into doing that kind of stuff so we can give that to our, like, audience members. Cool. Uh, for people who haven't heard you before or are hearing you for the first time on this show, what's the best thing for them to do if they want to find out more information here, more music? Uh, the best thing to do is right now you can go to our YouTube channel. Okay. Uh, we just released a new live video a few weeks back uh, called Guts. Uh, we also have a previous live video called Easy Come. Cool. Uh, we have a website that will be relaunched in a couple of weeks, so you can always visit us at uh, soulhounds.com. S-O-L-H-O-U-N-D-S. All one word. Hopefully if you're listening to this, you'll see it in the, in the title on your whatever player you're using. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have a website, but we're just kind of in the process of like re- redoing the whole thing. So okay. once it's back up and running, you'll find all of our stuff on there. Cool. Like tour dates and shows, everything. And you guys are just on the usual social media spots too? Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. That's kind of the majority of the stuff you'll find right now. Okay. Um, and as far as hearing recorded stuff, I mean, is it even on Bandcamp or SoundCloud or anywhere like that that people nope. can check out? No? Um, we won't have any recordings out until spring. Are the old ones still available with the previous lineup? No. Nope. Those are gone? We had to take those down just because it was like, it's kind of hard to market ourselves with having that old music because it was like... This isn't it, us anymore. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. I think like if we still played those songs, I probably would have kept them up, but it was the fact that like we don't play any of those songs, we probably never will. Right. Um, so it's almost like a different band, although it's not. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, a lot of people, like a lot of our older fans, get kind of bummed out because they love that EP so much. Right. Um, and that's cool. You know, I'm cool that they they liked what we did back then, but it's just not who we are anymore. So it's kind of weird to like promote that. It's like, oh, here's our old EP. Yeah. Because it's not what we do. So I ended up taking it down, but um, yeah, wait till spring. We'll have music up again. So cool. It'll be great. Cool. And if people want to hear more episodes of this show, they can go to witchpolice.com, click on podcasts. At this point, there's almost 250 episodes. Uh, they're all there for free download and streaming. You can go back to 2012 if you want. They're all going to be up perpetually. Uh, you can also tune in to UMFM on Sundays at midnight, because that's the best possible time to be listening to the radio on Sunday at midnight. <laughs> and those are older episodes that kind of get a second wind. It's, uh, what, September now we're recording this. It might not play till March or April or something. But the cool thing about that is it, it just kind of, uh, yeah, it's the second chance to hear a show. I mean, yeah. you, you can always go and listen to it whenever you want as a podcast. But if you happen to be tuning in and you didn't know maybe about this show or you didn't know we had this band on or, or any of the bands on, yeah, you tune in, there it is. Boom. Mm-hmm. You, you hear some hear someone you might like, right? So, yeah. so that's cool. Uh, we also have a live show coming up October 1st if you listen to the intro uh, to this episode you'll, you'll hear all about it uh, if you didn't listen to the intro and you skipped it please rewind and listen to it again <laughs> you'll find the information <laughs> and yeah that's uh, that's pretty much it's all I got uh, thanks a lot for having me guys hey thanks for having us thank you appreciate cool. it